The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much, maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from non-binary writer and comedian Matthew Beld. Hey Dixie, it's Barbie, your super fan. I wanted to let you know what's been going on in my life since I took your classes and I implemented the storytelling methods into my life. First, I was able to secure an amazing job in March of 2022 at a company that's been a dream to work for. I used the storytelling methods when answering interview questions, and I laid out my answers in story form. And this kept my interviewers engaged, and it helped me land the job. I've used my storytelling methods that I learned from you throughout the past year. We've been living in South Carolina, and I'm non-binary, trans, and genderqueer, as are my two children. We've been watching in horror as the laws have been passed in Florida, and we recently saw a six-week abortion ban rammed through the South Carolina State House. I feel it's only a matter of time before the trans bans come here. And now is my window to safely leave with my children and my nesting partners. So I set to work. I applied for a job transfer. And when I scored the interview, I used your storytelling methods again. I laid out all of my work experience using your secrets. And while I'm glad to say my transfer is approved with a full relocation package, my family is now going to be moving to Washington State, where there are protections for LGBTQ plus folks like us. I couldn't have done any of this without you and what I learned in your How to Be Fascinating class, Dixie. I'm forever grateful for the lessons you've taught me. What an incredible message to receive, right? I have been working with Barbie since, uh, I think... March 2022, when they got their job, they were three weeks into my six-week storytelling class. Barbie was the first person to sign up for my first 12-person workshop. You know how we all have imposter syndrome? Well, I've done custom coaching, one-on-one, which is very detailed and very specific. It works on a case-by-case basis with story. So when I suddenly had to shift to teaching 12 people at a time, which makes way more sense, then I psyched myself out. I told myself I wasn't any good at this. I felt like I was, (laughs) honestly, my chat dom, the person who ran my tech for my workshops, would watch me be on the verge of tears at the end of every (laughs) workshop night. But Barbie would show up every week on office hours and tell me about what was going on. When they left a job abruptly early on in that workshop, 
they turned around and came back and told me on office hours that they were going to be using my storytelling methods to lay out answers to their interview questions. And I was like, well, that's smart. Why didn't I think of that? Barbie, you're so smart. And this story has changed my life. It really has. It's made me realize sometimes we make life a little harder than it needs to be. And sometimes we psych ourselves out. Sometimes we tell ourselves, I can only be this. Barbie's taught me I can be more than this. And that feels good. Barbie not only got that job, and the story was incredible. It was like hours and hours of interview and they had prepared answers for every possible question. And at the end of the interview, the interviewer said, how did you prepare for this interview? And Barbie said, I took a storytelling workshop. And they were like, wow, yeah. And immediately offered Barbie a job. Wow. And then, like, as if that wasn't enough, huge pay bump, moving all of that, if that wasn't enough, when the anti-trans legislation started affecting Barbie's life and affecting their family, they used it to get another job using the same exact methods. And not only did it get them a better paying job, it got them moved across the country to a better job with better pay and kept them and their family safe at a time when our country is doing some really fucked up shit to people. And that makes me so proud that I had a hand in that. A few hours after Barbie got word that they had gotten this job and were moving to Washington State, they texted me to say thank you and said, you changed my life. You changed my children's life. And I cried. And Barbie, you changed my life. You showed me that sometimes we make our lives a little harder than they need to be. I've learned a lot from you. And I'm so proud of you. You have made such immense progress in your storytelling from when I first met you to now. When you are speaking on stages and you are killing job interviews, those skills that you learn as a storyteller, you take them everywhere. You have them for the rest of your life. They can never be taken away. You can never lose access to that knowledge. Just, yeah. Things are starting to change in my life, y'all. And that, that story is a huge piece of it. If you stick around till next week, I'm going to tell you the next piece of the story because the story is evolving and it's happening now. I think you're going to see some big changes. I think you're going to have more of this thing that you want. So stay tuned for the next part of the story next week on the Dixie Ramble. Are you ready for a story? Well, the podcast is called Body Storytelling, so I bet you're expecting one. And I got a good one for you. This one is coming from one of my BFFs. And this story was told way back in 2015. They have been telling at Body Storytelling, I realized, for well over 10 years. And they just keep creating new stories. How lucky am I? So let me tell you about them. Matthew Beld is a non-binary writer and comedian living in San Francisco, California. They have performed at shows around the Bay Area, including Body Storytelling, KQED StoryCorps, Submission Comedy, and About Last Night. They write and teach with sketch comedy troupe Killing My Lobster and co-host the Strut Queer Open Mic in the Castro. 
You can find their writing about transgender living on the website brokeassstewart.com. This storyteller is Matthew Beld. Hi, uh, <laughs> this is this is my f- first time at Best of Body, and uh, it's really special because I don't have a lot of firsts left. So thank you, everyone, <laughs> for being here with me. Um, I met Jay Daddy in a weird trifecta of online dating experiences. We first met on OkCupid and hit it off and decided to have lunch. Uh, the next day, we hit it off really well. And later that day, we uh, found each other on Adam for Adam, a gay hookup site. And then we saw each other on Grinder, which we took to meant uh, our date the next day should actually start that night at his place. I didn't know a lot about him, except that he seemed really sweet. And uh, he was 5'9", 150 pounds, and had a 9-inch dick. So I hopped on Muni to his place in the Fillmore, and he opened the door to total darkness and let me in. Um, He was wearing uh, pajamas, which is always a good sign, and um, took me up the stairs to his place and into his room. He asked me if I would like anything to drink, and brought me a a, a cup of Gatorade, actually, which I thought, (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) But I thought that was so sweet, like, (laughs) hydration and electrolytes. And um, and, uh, when we entered his room, in the grand San Francisco tradition, his entire room was a lofted bed. When you opened the door, there was a really nice pine stairway up to his bed, which was a king mattress, about uh, four feet from the ceiling. And underneath was this entire world. He had his desk, there were like bookshelves, and this wonderful walk-in closet. And so he took me up to his bed, and we uh, kind of got acquainted, like, hello, I'm Matt. I'm, I'm J-Daddy. And he, he said, Matt, I want to make you feel really good. And as a bottom, you kind of hear that a lot, like, oh, all right, that's cool, yeah, all right. And so he, uh, <laughs> he, he laid me down on my stomach in his bed, and pulled my uh, pants off, and I was wearing my fanciest jock, and spread my legs as far as they could go, and proceeded to slowly tongue-fuck me for about an hour. (laughs) He could could eat. He he was hungry, and... um, (laughs) As I was melting into the mattress, he lifted my hips up and just gave a couple slow strokes of my dick, and I just came everywhere. (laughs) And then we got lunch the next day. So over... 
over Chinese, we got to know each other better. And this, um, this was, uh, I had just moved to San Francisco. I was kind of realizing I didn't want to take anyone's bullshit. And so I was starting this new campaign of radical honesty. And halfway through the date, uh, he was a really nice guy, but I looked at him and said, you know, J-Daddy, I'm not really feeling a dating vibe here. And he kind of was taken aback a little bit. And I said, but I loved what you did last night. Would you be open to a, a sexual relationship? And he kind of, he, he considered it for a moment and said, all right, we had a lot of fun and I am willing to give this a try. So we began what I can only describe as a sexual conversation with our bodies. And we had a couple rules. We could only text each other after nine, which is the earliest you can booty call someone. Anything before that, and you get into dating. But, but like, after nine, you're good to go, yeah. And so uh, I got a text from him that said, hey, what are you doing? Which is like, <laughs> basically saying like, I'm in bed naked, come on over. And so I went to his place and he very graciously picked me up from the Muni stop by his house. And um, when we met, he was like, there's something I'd like to try. Which for the sexually adventurous is like fucking catnip. And so I looked at him and was like, oh. And he reached down the back of my pants, and I was in a jockstrap per our agreement, and led me to his house by my asshole. He was fingering me the whole time we were walking. Like cars, this was like eight, like nine. Cars were driving by, slowing down, and then speeding off like they hadn't. Like they'd never seen anyone getting fingered on the street before. Like, come on. And we went to his place and I gave him head and then we fell asleep. And uh, it, he, it came to light during our uh, post-coital cuddlings that he was ex-military. And I was like, oh, I kind of have a thing for uniforms. Do you still have yours? And so the next time he texted me, he, was, he said, I have my uniform on you should come over. So obviously I did. And when I met him at the door, he was wearing his cap, his combat fatigues, and his nine inches just hanging out on the porch. And he said, I want you to blow me right here. So I, I dropped to my knees like prayer and started giving him vigorous head. And it was at this point that I realized that J-Daddy might have a thing for the outdoors. <laughs> because all of our experimentation had been taking place outside. And then in uh, our next kind of experimental phase, we went and I, we were fucking and he was like, I have another idea. What's that, Jay Daddy? And so we took, um, he had trouble sleeping in general, and he gave us some Ambien. <laughs> and we proceeded to give each other oral sex until we fell asleep 69ing in his bed. 
and I, I, I loved everything he'd been doing to me, but this was around the time that I was realizing I liked being told what to do, and I liked pain, and so I kind of gave him like a... <laughs> and so I kind of gave him like a quarterly report, and I was like, so... <laughs> We love what you're doing on the rear end, but we're hoping for a little more uh, uh, stamina in other areas. Would you be open to a little more domination, or would you like? Would you? Would you? Would you want to paddle or spank? And he was very hesitant, but open to it. So we made a compromise, and I went over to his place, and he spanked me in his. Uh, in, in his house's living room. He was actually living with his landlords, which provided a complication because he was like, shh, don't let them know you're here. But that's actually typical if you're used to hookup culture. I once hooked up with a guy in the afternoon and snuck out of his place while he was distracting his roommates watching like a football game, like behind the couch, like. And then, and then you're out the door and you were never there. And um, he was open to spanking, so his, his landlords were gone. And we sat in their den and he spanked me wearing my tiniest jockstrap while he watched Pawn Stars. <laughs> Which he didn't know, but I actually love being ignored. So I was so into it. Like he was just... And if he felt like I wasn't paying enough attention, he would ask me what was going on. So while I'm getting spanked, he'd be like, hey, Matt, what's happening right now? And without missing a beat, I would turn around and say, oh, those guys are asking way too much for that pre-war lamp. <laughs> and he would continue. And... Um, but I still wasn't getting exactly what I wanted. I wanted pain, and I wanted restriction, and I wanted everything. And so I decided uh, to show him what I wanted. And for the first time, well, let's be honest, the only time, I actually dommed him. And I brought my Velcro handcuffs to his place and told him what I wanted to do. And he was game, so I sat on one end of his king-sized bed and handcuffed his hands behind his back and then made my way over to the other and in my skimpiest jockstrap I owned said, J-Daddy, do you want to eat this ass? <laughs> to which he responded, yes. And I said, all right, well, prove it to me. Crawl crawl across that bed. And I made him crawl on his stomach <laughs> across the bed until he'd made it uh, to, so he could rim me. And I didn't think he really wanted it, so he would actually follow me <laughs> around the bed for a couple laps. I ran him, I ran him. <laughs> you gotta, they gotta work for it until he just fell into my asshole and ate me out like it was his last meal. Which I think gave him some inspiration because a week later, I was out with my friends, we were drinking, and I got a text from J Daddy, and he said, I want you to come over to my place, boy. 
And he'd never used that term before. And oh my God, if that doesn't get my dick hard, nothing will. And so I dropped pretty much everything that I was doing, which is mostly drinking, and went (laughs) to his place and he showed up and something was different about him. I don't know if he went on Wikipedia or he read like a book, but he, he was ready, he was present. And he said, boy, I want you to go to my room and I want you to strip naked. And so he followed me and I took off all of my clothes. And then he said, we are going to go up to my bed and you are going to give me a blowjob." And so he laid down and I started to suck his dick and he was not into it, which is like a really big turn on. He was like on his phone watching South Park and like, I'm trying to get his attention and like, look, I'm really good at head, like see what I can do. And he's just not having it. And then he started to fuck me. Now I've already told you he had a big dick and I couldn't quite take it all the time. So we would use poppers, which are um, by their uh, scientific name are amyl nitrate and they uh, relax the smooth muscle in your body. They also give you a really bad headache and make your heart race and might actually kill you. So don't do them. Like I don't recommend them. They cause sudden sniffing death. Like that's their, uh, that's their impact. And we would actually have experiments where I would lay on the bed and hit poppers and he would see how far they made my asshole dilate with his tongue. I mean, I'm not recommending them, but if you do it, (laughs) don't do them. And so, uh, where was I? So we, (laughs) so he is starting to fuck me. Thank you for who was like, he was fucking you. Thank you. Um, We're on his bed and he's starting to fuck me and he's like, this isn't, this isn't what I want. So he drags me down his loft stairs to his desk and starts using the stairs to get a better angle and fuck me even deeper. And I'm losing my mind and he's like, shh, my landlord's might hear. And like, I don't care. And so then he's still not happy. So he drags me into his walk-in closet where he has prepared a length of chain attached to a hook, and he grabs my Velcro handcuffs that I once used on him and chains me. So my feet are barely touching the ground and starts to fuck me, and I'm so high up that I might lose my grip and get impaled on his massive cock, which would have been awesome. And he (laughs) is fucking the shit out of me and I'm screaming and he goes boy you are making too much noise so he rips my dirty jock strap off and stuffs it in my mouth and says if my landlords hear you you are going to be in trouble and we keep fucking and this is ecstasy and I eventually just shoot this massive load all over his closet which is really gross but I wasn't thinking about that and then he is so close that he pulls out when he finishes on my back and we end up just completely satiated in his bed, cuddling. And now, uh, Jay Daddy and I actually still text. We're friends. He moved to New York, and that was the end of that fuck buddy relationship. And I was thinking about our experiences, and in my, uh, this was like five years ago, and in my youth, I thought that this was uh, because I was really hot, 
Like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I totally got that because I am hot shit. But it wasn't. That's not the point. It was because we were open and we communicated exactly what we wanted without judgment. There were some things I asked him, like I really wanted him, like I, that was a point in my life where I was looking at random objects and being like, could I be paddled with that? Like, <laughs> I don't know, let's find out, that sounds great. And he'd be like, no Matt, that's, put, put that like, put that kitchen implement down, don't. <laughs> we do not need to use that. But he was very open with what he wanted and I realized that if, you want the best sex you can have, which I think is what most people want. Um, you just have to communicate exactly what you want with honesty and without judgment. And maybe, just maybe, if you are lucky enough to do that, one of your friends will tie you up in their closet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Show you my 
That was Downtown by Peaches. I'm starting to make plans again. Isn't it amazing how little self-care can just make you feel like things are possible when you just couldn't even function for the longest time? It has been months and months since I've been able to work, since I've been able to, well, that's not true. I'm doing a podcast every week, mostly. I'm still working, right? But I've not been doing live shows. I haven't been on stage in over four months. And that's how I make my living. So I just want to say thank you to people like this week. I had new Patreon supporters, Mitch, Justin, and Nathan sign up. Thank you so much. I love that you're listening to the podcast. That's definitely what you're doing if you're signing up for Patreon and that you're supporting us because this podcast is not generating any money. It's just costing money to produce right now. But thanks to those people, the podcast is still here. And if you join them on Patreon, it'll continue. I want to keep doing this. I mean, I found my purpose a long time ago. We all look for that thing, the thing we were meant to do with our life. And every single person who meets me goes, what you do for a living is the most perfect career for you. And it's because this is my passion. I love this. I love putting people on stage. I love giving them the moment of getting a standing ovation and then putting them on the podcast so that people can hear how brilliant they are. I can help them find their stories. I can help them craft and tell their stories, support them while they're there, sit next to them on stage, and then host a podcast and talk about how fucking talented they are. We don't get enough moments like that in our life. And I hope that as you listen to these stories, you're thinking about what it would be like if you were on the body storytelling stage. So support us in whatever way you can so that we can keep going through the roster of people and keep adding new storytellers and keep sharing those stories on this podcast. You can support us on Venmo, on Cash App, on Buy Me a Coffee, on PayPal. And best of all, you can support us on Patreon. That's ongoing monthly support. And that means I know that I can pay my rent and I can pay my podcast producer. And those are pretty important things. Thanks in advance. Our Patreon is at patreon.com slash body. And thank you in advance for your financial support for the podcast and the live show. If you're already a Patreon supporter, thank you for your ongoing support. I'm really excited to say I'm about to hit the road. I am going to Portland because I am going to be teaching at Sex Geek Summer Camp. Some of you told me you thought it was a good idea, and I'm hoping that you're considering coming. If you're an aspiring sex educator or pleasure activist or are attracted to the sort of work that you're listening to on this podcast, Sex Geek Summer Camp is a great resource for you. And I'm going to be there teaching brand storytelling for sex educators. It'll be happening June 16th through 21st. And that means I'm coming to Portland. So that means I'd love to have a meetup with people in the Portland area, maybe June 15th. So if you're a listener, you're around Portland, and you'd like to have a little hangout time, I'd love to meet you face to face. It's one of my favorite things. 
I'll include a link to camp in the show notes and send me an email at bodystorytelling at gmail.com if you're around Portland and you want to get together. Well, that's our time for this week. Before I go, can I ask you to subscribe? Very important. Rate us. I'd love it if you give us five stars. And your written reviews come right to me. I get to know exactly what you think. And better yet, the entire world gets to know exactly what you think. Giving us a rating is easiest on Spotify. Giving us a written review is easiest on Apple Podcasts. So if you could wander over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Do you know that we've had two different people in Canada give us five-star written reviews just this week? I'm big in Canada, y'all. Who knew? I better get my ass up there, right? Thanks for considering that. And I want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible every week. Thank you to David Grossoff, to Donal Mooney, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Royland James, and podcast producer Roman Den Houdeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator. This has been episode 270 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be-